your Bibles today. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. We started last week, but it will be a, a small series on the book of Ephesians, uh, dealing with the this wonderful epistle of Paul. And uh, last week we talked about the introductory portion of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And uh, the body of the epistle follows that introduction. And I'll tell you what, what an introduction. Amen. Now we're going to start looking at the meat of it and begin to see what Paul is speaking to us uh, through God's Word. You know, the first major division discusses the wonders of the believer's life in, in Christ. You know, the apostle declares the unbeliever is spiritually dead, but the Christian has experienced new life in Christ, resurrection. The unsaved individual is disinherited. We talked about that in our series here over the last several weeks. Without a country, but conversion and regeneration grants us citizenship into a godly nation. We're now no longer disinherited. We belong to a nation, a holy nation, the nation of God. Further, the sinner is like an outsider who becomes a member of the family of God at salvation. You know, Jewish law, and that's what Paul is really going to address here in our initial part of our study, it barred the Gentile from coming near to the Lord. In worship at the temple, only Jews could go in. Gentiles were not allowed. However, Jesus, somebody say amen, amen. made possible God's dwelling among all believers... And he broke down that middle wall of petition. And he dwells now among all believers who are really his new temple, his new home. He comes to live within us, not within temples made with human hands. The Old Testament, the law was one thing, but we're living under a new law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Before we begin today, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord today among your people. Father, we, we, we desire to hear from you. Lord, I, I want to communicate your truth and your word to your people. And in and of myself, I cannot do that. But Holy Spirit, you are present. You are the great teacher. Lord, speak through this vessel today to your people. Speak into our minds, into our souls. And Lord, plant your word deep into our spirits, Lord, today. Give us receptive ground. Water the word that has been preached. And bear the fruit in us that you so desire. And Lord, I thank you for doing just that. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen, amen and Amen. I'm going to talk today about God's mercy in Christ. His mercy. In Ephesians chapter 2, Verse 1, and I'll skip a verse here, but uh, you can follow along in your Bibles with me. I want to get the main gist of it down. You have he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now here, right away, Paul is addressing the believer. But he's talking about the nature of the believer before they became regenerated in Christ. All of the Adamic race, 
All humans, whether Jew or Gentile, at this point, we're just talking about the general human race, is born spiritually dead as it relates to God. All humans. In order to be made alive, we have to, to be in Christ. When Christ died on the cross, and now we're talking legal sense here, this is a, a reality spiritually. When He died on the cross, Kent, you died with Him. When He rose up on that third day, Kent, you rose up with Him. Now, Kent's still in a mortal body, but something happened inside his spirit the moment he believed that. He became a child of God. And God took His Holy Spirit and sealed him unto the day of redemption. In other words, when that trumpet sounds, Kent's going up, man. And his body's going to change in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And that mortal shell he's in now will become immortal. But we have that treasure today, church, in these earthen vessels. You know, people in the world think Christians are crazy, but no, no, no. We've got salvation. We have eternal life in us. And we're still waiting, we're longing to be clothed upon with that heavenly band, that heavenly body. It, it's coming at some point. Whether we go by the way of grave or by the trumpet, we're, we're going to be resurrected. Hallelujah. Because we're in Christ. Now, let me know really what, what's today's date. What was the 22nd? Let me know what that really was. Passover. We celebrated it when? A month ago. Jesus just rose yesterday. Amen. 2,000 years ago. First fruits. You say, well, why is the church, church is on the wrong calendar? We're on the Roman calendar. God gave, you got to go to the Old Testament, He gave the Jews their own calendar, and that's the one Jesus operated off of. Amen. Every four years they add a month. Somebody says, that's kind of odd, isn't it? Well, every. Seven years, we had, a, we had a day to a month, right? They have 360 days per year. We have 365 days per year. It all add, adds up to the same time. But we go on a solar slash calendar. They go on a lunar, lunar solar calendar. It's a different calendar. But nonetheless, we just came through the, the holy days, the spring feast, somebody say, <laughs> whether you knew that or not. I uh, just gave you that for free. But he says, you have he quickened. That, that's a, a King James word for making alive. Oh, hallelujah. Who were dead in trespass. Trespasses and sins speak of the law. The law speaks of, to you and I, death. Why? Because we have all transgressed God's law. But Jesus took that law... What did he do? Nailed it to the cross. He nailed it to the yes, Lord. the trespasses and, and the declaration of your death. Your death was nailed to that cross. Thank you, Jesus. The, the, the death sentence said, you're a sinner. You've broken this, 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 this. We were dead. And we, we, we were, we were a goner, man. According to his law, 
But He took it and nailed it to that cross. Oh, hallelujah. It says, look at verse 2, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. In time past, what's Paul referring to? His time before he was a Christian. He walked according to the course of this world. We spent nine weeks talking about the unseen realm. And this should be very familiar with you by now. But the unbeliever walks according to the prince of the power of the air. The principality. Now that, that, that can speak of one, Satan which most would identify that with, and that's true, because he's the head honcho, you understand. But that speaks of the principalities that are over the Gentile nations that are in disobedience to the Most High God, and they are moving mankind along a path of disobedience as well. We talk about the world being an enemy, the world, the flesh, and the the devil. The world, what do, you, what do you mean by the world? Course of this world. The world's on a course. If you ain't figured that out now, you may be blind, okay? <laughs> because it's ramping up. The first thing I heard when we come in here was there was folks was talking about transgender bathrooms and everybody's upset. <laughs> Why? Why all of a sudden is this an issue? The world's on a course of rebellion toward God. And we're seeing in our own nation laws being overlooked, ignored, enacted to, to promote things that God says is an abomination. The course of this world is ramping up, if you haven't noticed that, in intensity. Just over the last, I say, five years. Five years alone. It's ramping up, and each 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 act we we seemingly hear about or see is becoming more and more outrageous. See, the world's on a course, and it's a collision course with God's destiny, His kingdom. His kingdom is coming. His will is going to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. He's going to stop some things down here. Come on now. And you and I once walked that way according to the prince and power there. Now I look back at my life when I was not saved and I was a bad guy. I mean, I did some bad things I'm not proud of. But, and this sounds, may sound ridiculous, but I, I was never involved in some of the stuff they're doing out there now. That's right. Amen. I mean, man, I got called into the principal's office. I mean, I've been in a fist fight. You know what I'm saying? Come on, fellas, y'all with me now. You know what I mean. You was a saint. Huh? You was a saint. Compared to today. Man, these guys today jacking each other with guns and knives. and. Uh... I remember I got in trouble one time going out in high school at lunch and I had, had cans of Slitz beer in the trunk of a brother. A buddy had a... Truck. Can you imagine drinking a hot slits beer? 
Man, if that's the worst you can do. I mean, today, I don't, they talk about people walking in the bathroom don't know what sex they are. Come on, man. I, I, I identify with... You know what you are? Just take a look down in your trousers, man. I'll tell you exactly what you identify with. Male and female created he them. But the course of this world is it's, it's bent on destruction. That's where it's headed. And you and I, I don't know about you, I don't want any part of it. I, I don't want no parts to do with that, man. My citizenry is in heaven. It, with God, with Christ. I, I, I'm not a perfect person. I, I have to deal with sin in my life every day. And I bet you do too. But I still call it an enemy. I still fight against it. I don't want to embrace it. I don't want to be as I want to live for God. Hello. I find myself contrary at times, but but yet I don't want to just embrace evil full on. Why? Because I've been changed. I'm in Christ and not in this world. I'm in it, but not of it. Somebody say Amen. Look at verse four. But God, who is rich in mercy. That's what I'm talking about today. God's mercy in Christ. God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us. You know what? You didn't love God. He loved you. That's it. Think about that. I, I don't know about you. These are very heady scriptures. Spiritual scriptures. This is spiritual truth. But God, who is rich in mercy, you know, we know God is just. That's His nature. But an equal part of that nature, He's merciful. If God were only just, we, we wouldn't even be here right now. I thank God for His mercy. You know, I don't know, I, I've, and I've talked to people over, over time, and, and some people, they, they, they cry out for justice. Well, hey, this needs to, you know, they need to... You know, I never do that. I really don't. <clears throat> no matter how bad the criminal is, I, I don't cry out for justice. Because I know I'm guilty. And I don't want His justice. I want His mercy. Thank you, Lord. You know, one day the Scripture tells us we'll all stand before Him. I, I probably won't be standing. I'll be on my face. If I stand, it's because He picks me up to stand. <laughs> mercy. Rich in mercy. He loved me first. I, I couldn't love Him. I had it, didn't have it in my nature. But I responded to that love. And I'm like, God loves me. He'll forgive me. He'll heal Work with me, even as a Christian who's failed God, He still loves me and will work with me. He wants me to be a part of His family. You know, that's awesome. How, how, how can we not serve a God that's like that? He's a God who's just, but yet He delights in mercy. 
You know, the, the just judgment of God and the just judgment of God must come. You know, our Scriptures tell us that, and it will come. It's the next item on His agenda for the human race. But in that judgment, He still exhibits mercy. He doesn't consume the world. It's not going to come to an end. And a matter of fact, a lot of people are going to get saved in that judgment Amen. that they deserve, that I deserve. You know, God exhibits mercy, and it's through Christ. Verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, He's made us alive together with Christ. Yes. When He rose yes. up, we rose up with Him. We were in Him. He became the legal... John uses the word propitiation for our sins. He became the only sacrifice that God would accept for your sin on your behalf. If it wasn't for Him, Christ, He would have to judge you. Legally, you would be gone. I would be gone. But Christ says, no, put it on me. Put it all on me. I'll tell you, church, I'm going to serve Him as long as there's breath in me. I'm going to live for the God who gave everything for me. I'm not worthy, and you're not either. But He is. And if He thought enough of you to give His all, then I think enough of you to love you as a brother and as a sister in Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. By grace, we are saved. We all know that. That in the here, here's his purpose. Here's what we need to see, and don't overlook this. Verse seven, because how many have ever thought? And I believe we answered this question over nine weeks of messages on Sunday school. But I want to I want to put it to you again. Have you ever wondered why does God allow sin? And innocent victims fall prey to sin. Why does God allow this to go on? Why has He allowed? Why is there suffering in the world? Have you ever thought that? Come on. If you're not, if you if you're not human, you, I mean, if you're human, you you know you have. I, I believe we put out a good case why over nine weeks. But it, but here today, the same question: Why? The suffering. Do you know we we live sort of in a an, anom an anomalous bubble, if you would, in the world. There's a lot of suffering in the world. There really is. We live in a very not a, a very blessed nation that's rapidly changing. But you know, I mean, how would you like to be a believer in in, in Libya right now or in Syria? My gosh, or in China or any of these nations, you know, Africa. At any point in time in, in known history, how would you like to live there? People live and die there as believers every day. Many are tortured. Many are... Great harm is done. Where's God? Where's He at? Why? You know, look at the, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Jesus said there was a man. It wasn't a parable. It was a true fact that there was a man named Lazarus. 
Lazarus was a beggar. He lay, he, he, he laid on the ground, his body covered in sores. Scripture says that dogs would come and, and lick the sores that would just and he, he looked over at the rich man's table eating sumptuously. And just said, Man, God, if I can only have a crumb, the crumbs that come off that table. I'd be satisfied with that. Nobody in this room lived like that. We don't, we don't know what that's like. Jesus said the, that in the course of time, Lazarus died. He says the angels in heaven came and, and carried him to Abram's bosom. Now we just celebrated, of course, Passover and resurrection first fruits. And on first fruits, Jesus rose up and took those Old Testament saints who were in Abraham's bosom. He emptied it, baby. For a believer to die now, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. But back then, they had to go to hell. Okay, everybody went to hell. There was two parts of hell. Abraham's bosom, then the gulf and flames on the other side. He was carried to Abraham's bosom. In the course of time, Jesus said the rich man died. I mean, no, everybody's going to live or die. If you're alive, at some point you're going to die. He said he lifted up his eyes. Can you imagine something? What happens when you die? You don't lose consciousness. The next thing you do is wherever you, what choice you made in this life will reflect for it forever. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes being in torment in flames. And he saw Lazarus evolve. And he said, Lord, send Lazarus over I, I, I'm, the flame. Let, let him just dip my tongue in water. And he, then he went on had a conversation with him. He said, send Moses back to tell my brothers they don't want to come here. This is a bad place. He said, I can't. It was fixed. It was done. It was over. For all eternity, Lazarus is in total bliss with God. Peace, comfort, joy forever. Amen. How long did the young man live? I don't know. How long does any human live? How long is eternity? What if you live a life of misery? And none of you in here do. I don't. Come on. Would it be worth it to step into eternal glory forever and ever and ever? How many live in total luxury and step into hell and never can get out? What's the purpose of the cross and of Jesus dying and us being in Him? Look at what he says here in verse 7. That in the ages to come, He, that is God, might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Let that sink in. I, I, I don't know about you, that... That blows my mind. How many? What's an age? 
Now, the, the Greek word is aeon, meaning a, an expanse of time. Ages to come. Now, you know, many of you know, and I, I'm a, uh, the popular view in Christianity today is what's called young earth, I call it theory, <clears throat> young earth theory. It's taught, uh, even in Assembly of God, adheres to a young earth theory, though they do not castigate those like myself who believe in a old earth creation. And you say, well, what are you, what are you bringing that up? Uh, bless you. Man, biblically, Bishop James Usher in the I believe it was the 16th century chronicle from Adam to it, it's about 6,000 years of human history as we know it today. The Adamic race is 6,000 years old. The flood took place 5,000 years ago. The most ancient writings we have date 4,500 years ago to Samaria. That's not very long. <laughs> Now, the young earth, they believe God created everything and the dinosaurs and all are just, either they say it's not real or God made it with the appearance of age. Okay, I don't believe God lies. He don't have to deceive nobody. That's it. Got it, brother. The earth is much older. Probably several billion years old. Okay? And all you do is dig down into the earth and you'll see the... the Jurassic Age, the Crustate Cretaceous period, the Paleozoic era, the we can go on and on. And each of those ages, aeons, lasted for millions of years. But there was a beginning to the earth. God said, in the beginning, now when that was, I don't know. I guarantee you it was not six thousand years ago. Okay. It was a lot, lot, lot more. Now, man, as we know man, now, what about Neanderthal? What about Cro-Magnon? They weren't men. They weren't Adamic. That was the first thing I looked into when DNA in 1996 became available, and they tested, and they don't, they don't match. Proving God. Science is nothing to fear. Proves God. They were... A part of another create another era, another aeon. We're dealing with sons of Adam. That, that's what this book is about. It, it picks up with Adam, the first Adam, and it ends with the last Adam, Jesus, and his church. Somebody say amen. <laughs> but he says in the ages to come, meaning somebody says, we know we're, we're living at the end of the world. The world's going to come to an end. Do you believe that? Yes. No. I don't believe that. No. We're going to come to the end of an age. An aeon. The world's not going to come to an end. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to remake. He's going to remove the effects of sin from creation. But it's going to go on into perpetuity. And he's saying in the ages to come, he's going to show you all. Can you imagine in, in uh, let your mind in the future, in the future, 
million, trillions, billions? I mean, what, what, no, I don't even know. I go as high as about a trillion. That's a lot. I don't even know. Into the future. No sin at all has even been... And, and we look back and we remember the life we had. If God's not going to raise your mind, <laughs> you say, He saved me so that He could bring me into this glorious... Man, you're going to be shouting forever. Yes, Lord. I don't care if you was Lazarus or you, you was beheaded by Islamic terrorists or whatever your fate, you're going to be shouting to God forever yes. at what He has done. That's how great our God is. Number two, He's our peace. Ephesians 2.11 Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Now he says, you were not the people of God. You were uncircumcised Gentiles. You had been disinherited by the Most High God. You could not come to God as a Gentile because of sin, because of rebellion. But look what he says, verse 13. But now, everybody say that, but now, in Christ Jesus. You get that term there in Ephesians? In Christ, in Christ. You who sometimes were afar off are made nigh or near by the blood of Christ. Verse 14, for he is our peace who has made both one, that is Jew and Gentile. He's broken down the middle wall of partition between us that he might, verse 16, reconcile both, that is Jew and Gentile, unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the animosity or enmity thereby. There's no distinction with God any longer. You're either in Christ or you're out of Christ. He came, he gave his life, so that through faith in Him and His substitutionary death, we can now have eternal life. And He'll not cast out anyone. Whosoever will, He said, let him come Amen. and drink of the water of life freely. Have you drank from that water? Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Oh, hallelujah. We serve. That's the kind of God we serve. He gave everything for us so that we could be in Him and Though we were disinherited by God, he says, in Christ, we are one body in him. Jew, and there's no distinction between the Jew and the Gentile. Remember when he told Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. You and I are part of that holy nation, a royal priesthood. We're children of Abraham, just like the Jews. They through natural DNA, us through faith in God. We're grafted in to the same God. We're His children. You and I who were not His children are now sons. We're not only sons, we're heirs. Heirs and joint heirs with Christ. When we read in our Sunday school that He sits on a throne in heaven, God the Father, and around Him are 24 other thrones that represent the church, and God's people, Israel? Thank you, Lord. How far up is that? 
The Bible said when Christ was raised up, it was above every name that can be named. And you and I are right there with Him. For all eternity. Man, devil, what can he do? What can he do to you? What's he been doing to you? Man, it ain't not just shrug him off. Just like old Paul when he was serving the Lord. I don't know about you, I'm going to serve the Lord. When he was serving the Lord, that old viper just fastened on his hand as he was, he just shook it off into the fire. Went on about his business. What's latched on to you this week? Come on. What's tried to hurt you this week? What's, what old venom has been spewed your way? Just shake it off. Let God deal with that. Come on. He's our peace. He's broken down that, that middle wall of petition. We're one in Christ. We're at peace with God. Because of the cross. Hallelujah. You know, friend, the, the gospel revolves around the cross. The, to those who are perishing, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. But to us that are saved, it's the power of God. Hallelujah. Thirdly, Christ is our foundation. Ephesians 2.18 Through Him we both, that is Jew and Gentile, have access by one Spirit to the Father. We have access to God by the Father. See, there's a movement afoot now to where uh, a lot of Messianic people are following the Jewish movement and they're trying to really... I'm not for that movement in that sense. I'm glad Jews are becoming Christian, or becoming saved rather. Amen. Yes. But a lot of them are trying to bring church, the church back under the law and back under Torah. No, 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 no. He accepted us outside of that. Fill us with the Holy Ghost outside of Torah. Therefore, we cannot, if the Jews could not justify by keeping the law, how are we going to do it? Just walk by faith with God. That's all. Come on. We have access by the Spirit of God to the Father. Why? We're in relationship with Him. We've been circumcised in the heart, not in the flesh. And we have access. We have covenant relation with Him. Look at verse 19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. And of the household of God. We're built upon, verse 20, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. Oh, hallelujah. We're standing on a sure foundation. You know, the, the Old Testament laid the ground for the new. And all of those foundational stones, the apostles and earlier the prophets, are that foundation upon which our spiritual lives are built upon. And we have access to the Father. We are now one. We're no longer strangers or foreigners. We're, we're part of God's household. Hallelujah. That's enough to make you shout. You know, God's mercy in Christ, where He said, look, you know, if you think about it, you look at the history of Israel in the Bible. Here was a rebellious people that God had chosen to follow Him, yet they rejected Him time and again. You know, if I were God, I would have probably given up. But how I many know He's not giving up on national Israel, but He 
He's taken their rejection of him and said, I'm going to turn to the Gentiles and call out a people. I'm going to turn to the pagans, the idol worshipers, and call out a people. They'll follow me. Do you know that's what he's still doing today? Oh, hallelujah. I remember when he reached me. Do you remember when he reached you? I remember just in my mind, I, I need to get right with God. I, I, I'm a sinner. It just struck me. Did it though? He was, he was coming after me. He was dealing with me. And he got a hold of me. And I'm so glad he did. I'm going to give him praise forevermore. I'm going to be shouting for all the ages to come. Lord, what you've done for me. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. One of my favorite shows as a kid. Some of y'all going to laugh at me now. Come on. Lost in space. How do you remember that? <laughs> danger, danger, Will Robinson. Remember when they go on, a, they land on a planet and the big one-eyed monsters that come out after them? Of course, Star Trek, when that came out, I was pretty young. That was, that was kind of, that was the first color show I've ever seen on TV. We had a black and white TV till. Uh, 1967, we got a color TV. We went high cotton in, man, got color TV. <laughs> Inviting neighbors over to watch the TV, you know. <laughs> color TV. Most of the shows were still black and white, but Star Trek was in color, you know. In color, man. <laughs> Boldly go where no man has gone. Man, I sit there and like, wow, man. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. Hey, Captain, we have a Romulan warship ahead. <laughs> Man the photon torpedoes, Mr. Sulu. <laughs> but I don't know about you guys. I mean, do you, do, when you pitch, I, we don't quite there with the Bible, obviously, but the final frontier, you know, open a perk would be, you know, space. And we look at today, you know, the photographs come back from the Hubble. They just watched a black hole form and got it on film. And I think about the ages, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be exploring. Am I the only one that thinks like that? Amen. <laughs> it may be not. He said, really, your mind is just, you're crazy, dude. <laughs> but I can only imagine the wonders of God's creation and that. I believe He's going to allow us to explore that and see that and be a part of that. Why? Because of Jesus. Amen. You know, we can build our lives on different foundations, but there's only one that's the solid foundation, and that is Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. You know, we have been, as Christians, given new life by God in Christ. What we have is more than a new determination to live just a good life or turning over a new leaf. We actually partake of a wholly new, different quality of life that is eternal, divine life when we're in Christ. 
We take on His nature. It comes to us, in us. He, he lives and dwells in His people. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We can do nothing, my friend, to earn this new life in Christ. But once we're born into His family, we are called to do His work by sharing the message. And that's what we all are ministers of the gospel, to share the message to the very ends of the age. Our words, and more importantly, our lives, call to them that are outside of Christ to come and share in God's mercy by faith in Him. Look, my friend, God saved me, one who was headed for hell, who was, a part, who was hostile toward God. He can save you. He can save you. I've actually had people when I was a young man, when I came to faith, say, it got saved because they saw the change in my life. And they said, man, I know you, you could not have done that. That was God. My family was one. My grandparents looked at me and said, man, there is a God. And we will go to church and find Him. Praise God. That's new life. Hallelujah. Sometimes we grow up around and we take it for granted. Just go live around some unsaved folks for a while. You know, we, we, we Christians, you know, we've been around Christianity a while. We tend to take for granted what we have. Uh, I've lived in unsaved circumstances. Not a good thing. And being lost, not a good thing. Can you imagine for the first time in history, God created a new man. And He created that new man at the cross. You see, Adam was just one man who had a relationship with God and broke that relationship through sin. You and I, unlike Adam, we're born again and God comes to live inside of us. Man, let that sink in. We become partakers of His divine nature. We don't just have to walk with God. He walks in us. Amen. A new man. A new creation. Something that's never been seen before. That took place at the cross. And then He took believing Jews and believing Gentiles and He united them together in what He calls His church, His ecclesia, the body of Christ. Our union is in the body exists so others may come to Him. What God did at Pentecost, when all the nations were gathered, He undid what took place at Babel. Hello? He separated the nations, drove them out, but yet and disinherited them, yet at Pentecost He joined them together. And they spoke a new language, the language of the Spirit. As we build on Jesus, our foundation, and grow together in the Spirit, we will please God, and at the same time, we'll attract an unsaved world to Him. They'll see God's mercy in us, in Christ. Let's stand this morning. Oh, hallelujah. And as my granddaughter just said, she said, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Do we stand in awe of God? Is He a great and mighty God? There is no one like the Lord. I don't know about you, but I, I stand in awe of Him.
what he, he does and has done is so great on our behalf. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here today. I thank you for salvation that you've granted to us freely, Lord. We were not your people. We were estranged from you, Lord, in our relationship. But because of what you did, you brought us into your family. Because of the cross and because of the resurrection, we can partake of that divine nature. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here today. Oh, hallelujah. Friend, if you are struggling in your spirit right now, you say, God, I need a fresh touch of your spirit. Just lift your hands toward heaven. Say, Lord, touch my life today. Touch my spirit today. Maybe you've done some things this week that are not pleasing, and you say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Restore a right spirit within me. Just talk to the Lord. It's not between you and others. It's between you and Him. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Lord, I thank you that you died on the cross for me. I'm regenerated because of your love, because of your mercy. Move in me today. Move in your church today, Father. Strengthen your body, Lord. Father, I pray your word will just increase within the people here. And Lord, that they would be the servants you've called each of them to be, Lord. And Father, that you're equipping each one, gifting your people, using your people. Help us, Lord, to reach the world around us, Father. In Jesus' name. Let's sing that as we close, church. Strengthen us, your people, Lord. Knit our hearts closer to you, Lord. Father, throughout this week, be with each one of us, O oh God. And let us be mindful of your presence, of your word. In Jesus' name, bless each one today, Lord. And Father, we thank you for it.